0: I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hi, everybody. If you're new to the show, you should go back to the beginning and listen to my introduction with Cynthia. She was the first person I knew to call when I was told something was wrong with Ford. I admire her so much, and I would be lost without her humor and understanding. If you're new to the world of rare disease and disability, I invite you to connect with her on Facebook and spam her and tell her she has a new friend and to add it to her list. I have found that finding someone like Cynthia, someone who lives with a lot of really hard stuff but who can also find the humor in it, is a really valuable resource for your mental health and general outlook. It's not easy being a parent especially when your child has a complex medical need we are so lucky if we can find one person we can text or call when we need someone to hold space for us i'm constantly learning from her as she's further ahead in this unplanned detour along a dirt road with lots of potholes it's impossible to not feel the light that radiates from her i'm excited to share our conversation about her beautiful daughter and their experience with Pfeiffer's syndrome so far. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here's my friend, Cynthia Caldy. Hello, Cynthia. Hi, Effie. How are you? I'm doing really well. I just ate some french fries, so I'm feeling pretty good.
1: <laughs> Always <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> How are you? I'm well.
0: I'm, yeah. We had a,
1: a holiday week. Yes. It's awesome. Okay, well, guess what? Today is. I think I know, but tell me anyways for the sake we're- of
0: our lovely viewers. <laughs> we're going to talk about Miss M Mallory. You're a little girl today. Okay. People are probably like, "What? We always hear about Mallory and Ford, but we're getting to it, you guys. We're getting to it, okay? It's a lot. We have to We don't even have
1: children. We had to we had to rope you in
0: and now we're going to put some put some stuff on you, okay? Exactly. I like it. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Mallory's in fourth grade. Third grade. Third grade. Ugh. Third grade. She's what's What's yeah. her
1: favorite class right now? Probably still music. Oh, she... good. I'm so glad her school has the arts still. Exactly. Yes. And her music teacher is lovely. I call her like the emo Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. And she knows that. She loves it. She's like, that perfectly describes me. I'm like, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they make a you so, know, Disney princess. They really should. And Shelby could just, like, they could model it on her. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was in class once with Mallory. I was at school with her one day, and we had music. And I don't even know how it came up in music, but she very clearly and completely age appropriately explained trans people and I just was there going I wish I would have recorded that because that's the perfect explanation all the kids got it excellent and we carried on with whatever had brought that up excellent so yeah she's amazing She sounds super cool. I'm glad she's Mallory's
0: teacher. (sighs) Me too. (laughs) She's never allowed to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I say that to all of Ford's therapists and his nanny. I'm like, if you think that you are going to go somewhere else, Casey and I are going to tie you to our deck and you're going to be our (laughs) prisoner. And I really, really mean that.
1: (laughs) Anytime we have an apartment open up, I'm like, hmm, should we just rent it and chain up our nurses? (laughs) And yes. My husband is like no frowned upon. You keep bringing this up. Stop it. <laughs> I I would help you
0: support that. Right? I would help that
1: yep. exactly. I know you would. I'd be like, we're going out of town. You're going to need to feed them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy. Okay, okay, so yes, we have nurses. Mallory was
0: born with a genetic disorder called Pfeiffer syndrome. Exactly. Let's go. Tell me about the beginning.
1: Okay. So Pfeiffer syndrome is caused by a mutation in one of two genes. It's either the FGFR1 or FGFR2, if you're interested, or that means anything to you at all. What it means to Mallory is that these genes control bone growth in utero. So they basically signal the bones when to grow, when to stop growing, and if they spontaneously mutate as they did, they didn't do a very good job of that. So what happens is when Mallory was born, all the sutures in her skull were fused except one. Usually You have all these skull plates that are kind of floating around the baby's heads and they don't fuse until much later. Uh, Some of them not even until the teen years, which I found out recently. Anyways, so because of that, her brain didn't have quite the room to grow that it needed. So it started growing places it doesn't normally grow. It pinched her ear canals completely shut. So she wears hearing aids. It also grew behind her eyes and started pushing them out. So there were quite a few surgeries that she had very early in order to protect her eyes and get them kind of more back in her skull, so to speak. When she was born, I remember looking across the room and, you know, the doctors had basically said, Hey, you're child isn't breathing very well, we need to intubate her. And they were just going to take her away. And I'm like, you can't take her like I haven't even seen her. And as I remember it, this kind of wall of doctors just opened up and I looked across the room and her head was huge and the shape of a, you know, the planter's peanut guy. Uh, her head was that shape. One of her eyes in particular looked like it was just about ready to pop out at any second and I just remember thinking she's going to die. How how do I tell people that yes I had a baby but she died? And yeah. So not the best birth experience. No. <laughs> Understatement of the year. <laughs> Which is why when people talk about their birth experiences, I usually find an excuse to leave. (laughs) Yes, I get it. I'm just like, yeah, don't want to talk about that. Anyways, but obviously, Miss Mallory did not die. She had much bigger plans. They transported her over to Children's, to the NICU. They were already pretty sure of the diagnosis the same day she was born, but of course had to do the genetic testing to verify it uh she was born on a weekend so we had kind of one day of relative mellowness and then monday hit and it was just like a waterfall of doctors and specialists and anyways it was crazy
0: how long was mallory in the hospital after birth
1: Hmm. i think we were there maybe two weeks okay Uh, And during that time, she had a bunch of surgeries, because basically what they need to do is go in and basically cut open the skull. It's called a strip craniectomy, and that's to give the brain room to grow and relieve the pressure. We're super fortunate that we were at Children's. They have an incredible craniofacial center there, and she had her first craniectomy when she was five days old it completely protected her brain they were surprised before they did it they said her brain's not showing any damage so we're gonna do this and still damage free so that's awesome um, I'm really funny <laughs> yeah she's really funny she is <laughs> I don't know what it is about Pfeiffer kids but they all have amazing comedic timing <laughs> and like it's not just one of them it's it's all of them I have a
0: theory about it okay I think I think it's Probably a learned behavior because as a parent of something like of, of your kid having something like Pfeiffer syndrome that is extremely severe and terrifying in the beginning, you have to find the humor in things or you'll probably go crazy. Right. So I think that you making light of whatever situation you pr- possibly could have to push you through.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: rubbed off on your kid
1: a little bit. I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Most of the kids are funnier than us parents. (laughs) So (laughs) I I don't know what it is but they are hilarious. For example, we've had this ongoing joke that the cats are raising Mallory partly because she's always done things that are very cat-like and so when she does, we just kind of shrug her shoulders and say, well, she was raised by cats. (laughs) And one day she was going to the bathroom and she was done. So she called and her dad, Dimitri, and I go in there to help her. And she has taken all the toilet paper off the roll and shredded it. And it's in a pile under her feet. And... (laughs) Dimitri just looks at her and says, what happened here? And without missing a beat, she just looks right at us and said, well, I was raised by cats. (laughs) (laughs) And we... Literally just fell to the floor laughing because uh. it was so perfect and so true. I don't believe it. <laughs> so yeah. She tried that excuse for some other stuff the next couple of days. It didn't go over as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, yeah, cats don't do that. Mm, fail. <laughs> She's winning. She is.
0: So you brought her home at two weeks. And then I'm sure you got evaluations through early intervention and everything. Mm -hmm. All that
1: stuff started getting all the services. How are you managing her health? Did she get a G-tube right away? How was she eating? When you brought her home? She did not have a G-tube right away. She had the NG that goes through the mm. nose. I hate that thing. Oh, uh, yeah. And no matter how you tape it down, they get their little fingers in there and yank it out. Ford used to vomit that up every day. He would puke
0: and the tube would come out of his mouth and it would still be through his nose. And it was just horrifying.
1: Uh, yuck. Seared into my brain. Right. Yeah, I have to say the nicest thing was when we switched over to just a G tube. Hallelujah! Exactly, makes life so much easier. She was able to eat
0: then at first.
1: Yeah, through the tube, through the, through the nose through, tube. Yeah, okay. through the nose tube. They were, they were right on that. There was no lapse in that, which is good. No, no, we were very, very, very fortunate. Uh, Did they direct
0: you to a network of other parents in the area of anyone who had FIFERS, or was it still sort of empty? I mean, that was like a few years ago before Facebook groups were probably pretty popular.
1: It was. We were very, very fortunate in that when my daughter Mallory was born, the medical director of craniofacial basically told whoever at the hospital did this that they needed to set us up so that we could meet this other family in the area whose daughter also has Pfeiffer syndrome. She's four years older than Mallory. Anyways, what they have is so similar, it is pretty much statistically impossible. And he just knew that that mom and myself would hit it off. So he really made it happen. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really going the extra mile. It really was. And the funny thing is I told, they're now, that family is now definitely some of our closest friends. And I told them after we had become friends with them about, we were going to meet them and we were meeting them actually at the hospital. They were coming to meet us at the Starbucks, one of the Starbucks, it is Seattle. We have numerous Starbucks in our hospital. (laughs) required by law, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, they were coming to meet us. And I just looked at Dimitri and I said, I don't care whether we like these people or not. You are bringing your A game. They (laughs) are going to be our new best friends. And I need you to be 100% on board with that. Sure. And he just kind of looked at me and was like, uh, okay, like, what do you say to that when your wife is giving you the crazy eyes and laying down the law like this? So when we told them about that, they started laughing because apparently they had had the exact same conversation in the car on the way. (laughs) Fortunately, we all actually like each other. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that would have just, yeah, been a given. Right. (laughs) But it Especially was... when
0: you're drowning mm-hmm. and you're trying to come up for air and try to find anyone who can get you.
1: Exactly. You know? Exactly. Well, and like one day the dad and I were talking and there's this one vertebra in your spine that is supposed to fuse. And on their daughter, it didn't. And he's telling me this and I just burst out laughing. And he looked at me, he goes, this is why we're friends, because you are the only people who get how ironically funny this is. Like in our kids, all sorts of stuff fuses that shouldn't. And this one little super important thing that should didn't, that's just crazy. (laughs) But nobody else gets it to such a level that, and I think another part of it is we can laugh about things with each other because we're not afraid to. Yeah. And when you talk to people who aren't going through the same thing, either they I, they very well probably don't find it funny, but they also just might not feel like it's okay to laugh about it. Sure. So it's it's been really nice and I just yeah, thank God for them and for the doctor who took the time to set it up that we had this little family meet and greet date because without them, I probably would be, would have been committed years ago. Yeah, you'd probably be dead. <laughs> probably. <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> or just brain dead.
0: So I know Mallory has a trach. Why mm-hmm. does she have a trach? When did she get it? And what is a trach?
1: Okay, so a trach is a little tube that goes in basically the base of kind of your throat to help you breathe. And she got that when she was, I want to say, four months old-ish. Yeah. And that's because she just, she wasn't breathing right. She wasn't breathing well. And a big part of the problem was when that lovely big brain was growing wherever it could to protect itself, it really squished a lot of kind of her throat airway area. And if she got sick at all, it was basically just impossible for her to breathe. So we got the trach. And with that came home nursing. Is she always going to have her trach?
0: Is anything ever going to clear up that you can remove it? Or is that once one has a trach, is it permanent?
1: It is not necessarily permanent. We don't know at this point. And they just, they don't know kind of until it happens that, you know, if everything grows right and the surgeries that she still needs to have make enough room and it's safe and all of that, then it's possible she could get it out. Okay. But they just, they don't really know. Okay. So, yeah, my husband brings that up every now and then. And I'm just like, you know, it happens when it happens. I can't. It's just something I can't think about. all the You can't
0: time. work on everything all the time, even no. though you feel pressured to like to be in this therapy and this therapy and this therapy and get them to eat and get them to move and get them to walk. It's just it's overload for right. us as parents. And you just you learn eventually that you just got to pick your battles because you can't save the world.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I have so little control over this, too. Sure. Like, it's not like you can go to breathing therapy or something like that that's going to make it get better. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just doesn't even exist. So she has
0: all of these accessories by the time she's four months old. She's got a trach. She's got a G tube. She has hearing
1: aids. She's got a lot of jewelry. Right. She does have a lot of jewelry. She has a shunt. Uh, What's the shunt? In your skull, there is, what is it, CFS? Cerebral CSF? Cerebral spinal fluid? Anyways, your body just naturally, your brain kind of absorbs it. It is just part of you that is regulated automatically. People, especially people who've had really traumatic head injuries and car accidents and stuff, almost always need a shunt because their body is not absorbing or draining or whatever it does with this fluid enough so there's it starts to build up in their skull and puts pressure on their brain so yeah that's just kind of there it hasn't knock on wood been an issue so you know it's just there the other thing that happens with these fusions is a lot of times the kids have fusions in fingers and toes and with her specific type of fifers they almost well I would say most of them, I don't know what percentage, have fused elbows. And our little girl also got fused knees. Of so course walking, she did. Yes, because she's an overachiever. She really is. <laughs> she really goes the extra mile. Exactly. She's... Yay us.
0: So you're in early intervention. Thank God for early intervention. Mm-hmm. And you've met this new family. right so what did the doctors tell you like what was the beginning of this journey like
1: well we were again just so lucky to be in seattle because they were very positive very supportive they basically said yeah she's gonna need a ton of surgeries and a ton of all of this but she's gonna be fine her brain is fine She will learn how to overcome things in ways that we won't even think of, and she should have a normal life expectancy. She should, I mean, she is in general education at school. She does go with a nurse, and she has an aide that helps modify assignments so that she can do them on an iPad because of those fused fingers and such. It's hard for her to to write, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So they were really supportive, other than Michael Cunningham, who set us up with the other family, and her amazing plastic surgeon, Richard Hopper, who were both just unbelievably supportive, and all the fellows who are now doctors there and all that. Besides them, there were three specific, well, four specific people who just, I, I don't even know how to explain what they did for me and Mallory and Dimitri and just us as a family. There was a nurse who was in the delivery room when Mallory was born, and she traded with somebody so that she could stay with me and be my nurse. Yeah. So her name was Rose, and that was just so kind because... You know, my baby was two miles away, and I am there in the labor and delivery recovery area. I can hear other babies crying, and (laughs) yeah, and I don't have my baby. Yeah, and learning how to pump your breast milk and all that really exciting stuff. She just, she just was there and comforting and supportive and yeah. I love Rose. I do too. I'm (laughs) crying a little bit. I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm not crying. You're
0: crying. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so... No, that means so much. Even when you're in the hospital and it's not as serious and intense and a nurse like even stays extra on her shift to finish whatever they're doing, it it really matters because you've been so
1: vulnerable with this particular person. That's just so awesome.
0: She was amazing.
1: Yeah. And then when we got over to Children's to see Mallory. She was probably, I don't know, maybe two days old. Maybe it was sooner. But I just remember asking the NICU nurse. I was like, can I hold her? And the nurse's name was PJ. And she just looked at me with this like horrified yet loving expression at the same time and was like, you haven't held your baby yet? Like, (laughs) and then it just, she made it happen. Like, bam, here you go. (laughs) And I just was like, well, no. And she's like, that's like, no. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So she was amazing. And then when we were getting ready to go home the first time, Eric Johnson, I think it was, was the Senior fellow, whatever, in the NICU. And he basically was like, So, you know, how do you feel? Blah, blah, blah. And I just looked at him. I said, I started crying. I said, I, I don't know what to do. And he was just super calm about it and said, Well, basically, everything that you learned in your new parent classes is the same. The big thing is you have way more support here <laughs> than most people go home with. <laughs> and your kid's head is pretty indestructible, so you don't have to be <laughs> as careful as most parents. <laughs> and he just really, like, boiled it down. And he was like, hey, if you're not comfortable going home yet, you can stay here, but we feel confident.
0: That's great. Okay, so you yeah. didn't go home with, like, a the biggest doom cloud hanging over you. I mean, obviously you well, did, and I know how you felt, but I mean, from yeah. the doctor's perspective,
1: right? they had a lot more hope than you did at the moment, which is good. They did. They did. And then there was one more person. We ended up back at the hospital because she got a little bit sick, and I felt like total failure. Like, you know, I can't even take care of my kid and keep her healthy for, I think we are back in like, two days. Right. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. And I just was like, oh, I'm not, I can't do this. Obviously we have been recalled to the hospital, but she got better. And Ashley W was the nurse who came in where, you know, getting things ready to go home. And she came in and she just sat down and she looked at me and she's like, I need to tell you something. And I looked at her. I'm like, what? And she said, I have worked with easily thousands of kids. She goes, your daughter is all there. She's going to be fine. She goes, I don't know what the doctors are telling you exactly, but she is. And I'm crying again. She just really gave me the hope I needed and just that little bit of support from somebody... Who, like she said, taking care of thousands of kids yeah, so yeah, so we went home again and yeah, trial by fire, man, you know how it goes, right? <laughs> uh, Cynthia, I uh-huh. just I just really,
0: really, I love you and I really I respect you, you for how brave you are and for the attitude that you have kept as Mallory's mom. Thank you this is for real <laughs> This is yes. and you you made a choice early on and thank you probably to a lot of uh, inspirational people and the belief they had in Mallory but you ultimately are the one who made the choice to take on the parenting the way you have and I think mm-hmm. you're awesome
1: yeah well you know love my kid she's worth it <laughs> okay so I just kind of want to touch on one more area
0: Now that Mallory is out in school and you guys are busy and you're always in the streets of Seattle, how can people better support you in approaching and asking questions when they meet Mallory? And what can they tell their kids when they see Mallory and they maybe don't know how to interact or when they say things that aren't nice? How can parents talk to their kids about talking to Mallory?
1: That's a whole loaded question. That is an entire other podcast. But the nutshell version is she's just another kid. Yes, she looks different. Yes, she has a trach, so she talks differently. Yes, she's in a wheelchair. But at the end of the day, she likes princesses just like most kids her age. She likes watching funny YouTube videos of babies laughing or crying or whatever it is this week she likes watching funny cat videos you know she likes playing games she likes reading all the same stuff and i appreciate it when parents encourage their children you know why don't you go say hi and if they have a question to ask or you know, ask the parent and the parent can ask me. I think that just treating us as normal as possible is the best thing you can do and teaching your kids to do that as well is the best thing you can do for your kids. Yeah, I Am agree. I? It's the only thing that's gonna start to change things
0: mm-hmm. is exactly. encouraging our kids. Exactly oh my god well there's a lot of really really heavy topics within all of the stuff we've talked about and we'll Mm -hmm. definitely break down a lot of these uh moments in our lives in separate episodes Mm -hmm. but thank you for sharing that about Mallory yeah I really appreciate it thanks for asking
1: I appreciate it (laughs)
0: It only took me a couple of years, but oh, it took me a long time to be
1: able to talk about it. I know. I feel like I, I just had a therapy session. Wow. Oh yeah,
0: so I'm doing this sort of uh it's a new kind of therapy. It's It's working. Yeah. Don't don't take any of my advice as medical advice.
1: Oh, no, please, please. <laughs> Although I do tell my neighbors, "Hey, when the big earthquake hits, come to my apartment. I have a ton of medical equipment." <laughs> Partly cuz I'm going to need them to help me carry it down the stairs, yeah, but definitely. they don't know that part. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, just right. a little just a little assistance, no biggie. Exactly.
0: Podcast therapy, that's what it is. It it's is. Podcast therapy.
1: I like it. Well, I think it was your mother-in-law, That I I said to her, I said, if nothing else, we'll both save money on therapy by doing this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I really think that every time you talk about something, you gain more perspective, even on your own, you know, matter of the situation. And I think you become a lot more loving to yourself. And I think you become a lot braver. And I think that it's really important whether you're getting it out verbally or whether you're writing it down on a piece of paper. It's so good for your body to release things.
1: I think you're right.
0: Amen, sister. All right.
1: I love you. Okay. Love you. Have a great day.
0: Yeah, you too. Thanks. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story, or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you.
1: (laughs)